to From Wall Street to Main Street. I'm Ken Ford, president and founder of Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, located here on Main Street in Warwick. I am your host this morning, and I am joined by Austin the Boys. Good morning. How are you, Austin? I'm great. How are you, Ken? Things are good. You want to give them a little bit of a background? We're going to be talking about estate planning today and just basically the basics of estate planning. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get too in-depth and have you turn off the show. but <laughs> and we, we don't want, have to. We want to give you the, the simple version of estate planning, why you need it. Mm-hmm. And I asked Austin to join me today and just go through this because we do like to make you a better investor as well as a better planner so mm-hmm. that you don't have troubles down the road. And Austin, you've probably seen a lot of troubles Oh yeah. when clients come to you and have not done the planning. And then they say, now what? Exactly. Uh, you see a lot of clients having to get into a lot of, they get in a lot of um, confusing situations and uh, expensive situations when they haven't done the proper planning. So you could save them a lot of money, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about, maybe I'll ask you what the most amount of money ever saves someone as we approach the end. But if you want to give a little bit of a background, you obviously have a couple different degrees in law, but specifically in elder law, estate planning, business right. succession. Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Orange County. Uh, I graduated Minisync, and I'm in fact, uh, seventh generation Orange County. Uh, from the, the Sewards here in, uh, in Warwick, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm descended of William Henry Seward's brother, Edwin Polydor. Um, but I went to college, uh, got my JD, got my law degree. Then after that, I went and got my Master of Laws in Taxation with a focus specifically on estate and business planning. And then ever since I graduated, I've been practicing estate planning, business planning, and elder law as well. So I have uh, going on seven years of experience uh, doing all that all day, every day. So those tax books from the IRS that are about, you know, I use them as, uh, I don't even think you could use them as paperweights. They're more like Mm -hmm. uh, doorstops these days, huh? Those 12-inch thick books, you studied those, so we should know everything about the IRS tax code to help the individuals out there. Well, I studied them, and I can't say I have them memorized, but I certainly uh, have all the most common ones uh, at, at, you know, the top of my head. Now, why estate planning? Why did you get involved in estate planning? Well, I actually started out wanting to be a litigator because I thought arguing was fun. And I was hired by an estate planning firm to do their estate litigation. So mom or dad dies and then brother and sister and sister and brother fight it out for years and years and years. And as you can imagine, that is really emotionally taxing and just a not in my for my you know personality, not not a pleasant thing to be involved in. You're cleaning up someone else's mess. And uh as I was litigating those sorts of matters, I was also doing the planning as a member of that firm and realized I really enjoyed the planning aspect of it because you got to sit down with families uh, when the waters were calm and make sure the waters stay calm or do what you can do to really ensure that somebody's not going to create a mess down the line. Well, that's your last will and testament. This is my money. This is my possessions. This is who I want to pass them on to. And what you're trying to do for these people is make sure that we keep Uncle Sam and the state and every, anybody else that wants a piece of this pie that's not in your family and not one of your loved ones. Mm-hmm. So how do you, for the listeners out there that have not created a certain amount of documents, you know, there's a will, there's your mm-hmm. first document, but then there's the power of attorneys. Right. You want to just get into the basics. Listen, I don't have a lot of money. You know, that's mm-hmm. what they always say. I don't need to do this. This is for the rich. What <laughs> do you have to... What does everybody have to put in place first? 
And then what can we do and tack on later as we accumulate wealth? Well, look, you know, the way I do things, I don't actually focus on the documents themselves. I focus on the fact that you just need to have a plan. Any plan is better than no plan. Um, with the caveat that you probably want to talk to somebody like a financial planner or an estate planning attorney to make sure you know what your options are because um, every plan is going to be different. Yeah, everybody does need a power of attorney. Everybody needs a health care proxy. A will is going to be in play, whether it's the primary document or not. Um, maybe a trust has to get involved. Again, you don't want to have to um, worry about what you need exactly. What you need to know is what you want to happen. Uh, do you have something you want to protect? Do you have a house that's paid off that you want to make sure a nursing home doesn't put a lien on it if you have to go to one? Or that will disqualify you for Medicaid to help you pay for in-home care? Because we want to try to avoid nursing homes as I've much as possible. I've talked about that in the show. So you set up a trust. You put the house in trust. The trust owns it. And if you ever become incapacitated, you can't care for yourself, you have to go to a facility... You don't lose your home. There's right. obviously some strings attached to this. It's the five-year look back. You have to put it in, and mm -hmm. this can't happen for five years. But someone like yourself, you can sit down with the individual. Right. Basically say, here's the issues you're going to face that you don't see. So that's the problem yeah. with financial planning and estate planning is we understand what you're going to have to, the bridge that you're going to have to cross. And people go, oh, I just didn't know that that's how all of this has worked. Do you run across that? Because I run across that in my practice all the time is I'm doing this show for one reason. Is I believe that the system mm -hmm. has not educated the American people on the basics of financial planning, the basics of investment, and then it's turned over to them through 401ks and everything right. else. And now you're dealing with estate planning. And really, this is very hard to do yourself. Obviously, there's legal Zoom and stuff like that. You're not <laughs> yeah. doing it yourself. You're going to the low-cost provider. That, that's the legal equivalent of pulling your own tooth. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, I just don't think the competency is there. I guess if you do the homework, you go on the internet and research everything you want. And you know what? If you feel competent... I guess you can do it, but there's going to be a lot of mistakes. So let's no, get into a lot like of... I, I don't... I mean, and I... You know, my grandfather was a general practitioner, um, so I'm not knocking general practitioners because they are trusted individuals that often give very good advice. But estate planning is the kind of area that if you're not doing it all day, every day, there are too many pitfalls that it's the epitome of knowing enough to be dangerous, where someone might know enough to do something that will end up cutting their nose off to spite their face. So I just went to a, actually a family funeral. It was on, it was actually on Labor Day. My wife's aunt had cancer. It's been going on. And finally she just, you know, that was it. Right. And I'm having a conversation with some of the um, family members. I'm like, you know, you have the will. She's like, there is no will. I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh man, I, you know, I, I guess I didn't have this conversation with you at the holiday parties of why isn't this in place? And <laughs> now it was too late. So they're just sitting here and I sent them a document that says, what do you do when a family member dies? And, you know, you got to do this, that, and the other thing. You got to talk to the funeral director. They, they've done that stuff. But mm -hmm. really, what is the consequence of not putting a document in place? What happens when you go through this, goes in front of the state? What, what's your experience? Yeah. So legally, if you don't have a will, all a will is, is instructions for the court. So even if you, a lot of people don't realize that even if you don't have a will, you'll still have to go through probate. People say, what's probate? Well, it's just the court process of administering and distributing your assets upon your death. For example, I've got a bank, I get bank account at Chase account, Chase Bank. It says my name on it, Austin Dubois. If I die, when I die, there is nobody with authority to use that account, to do anything with that account. So somebody has to go to court and say, court, step in, 
do an order, give me authority for that account. Um, there are laws in place for the state. If you have a will, then the will is instructions on what to do. If you don't have a will, then the law says certain people have the authority to become what's sort of the equivalent of an executor. An executor is appointed under a will. If you don't have a will, it's called an administrator. So your spouse has authority, um, but then all your children have equal authority. So if it's the second to die, if you don't have a spouse um, that's surviving, all your kids could be fighting, fighting with each other. Who's going to be the one to administer your estate? You don't get to say where your stuff goes. The law, the state says where your stuff goes, which is going to be $50,000 to your spouse um, if they're alive, and then half of the remainder to your spouse, half of the rest of that to your kids split equally. It's, uh, it can be complicated. And then the lawyer bills writing. get bigger and bigger, don't they? If you have yeah. the will, what's the average? You know, Let's just say that you have $100,000, you have the house. That's you know kind of the typical... Um, a state that you're going to see in Orange County. You know, you're going to have high-level estates of multi-million dollars, but the average individual has about $100,000 of investable assets. They have somewhere around $200,000 worth of equity in their home. Mm -hmm. They don't do a will. They don't do anything. What's what's the average cost versus having some documents? How much are you really saving there? Okay, well, market rate for any estate administration is between 2 and 5% of the gross estate. So add it all up. Dude, do the two. Per, I have a calculator, so I'm three hundred thousand. You're the five percent. <laughs> you know, fifteen grand. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, our firm doesn't necessarily always charge that, um, but really, what it comes down to is whether there's issues or not. If it's a clean estate, if there's no issues at all, then it's not going to run you a heck of a lot of money with a will or without a will. Um, the reason you want to have some sort of document in place, whether it be a will or something else, is because you want clarity to avoid problems. And if you want to stick your head in the sand and say, look, there's just not going to be any problems, well, you know, you might be right, but you also might not be right. You want to do something to make sure you have as much certainty as possible that you're going to avoid issues. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to try to put a state planning in a language that you understand. Hi, I'm Mark Lang with the Work Valley Financial Advisors and co-host of From Wall Street to Main Street. Today's ever-changing financial landscape requires a deep understanding of all of your financial options. And one of the most important areas is how and when to take Social Security benefits. Yet most people don't even know how the benefits are calculated. If you couple this with living longer, you've got a recipe for a huge financial mistake. Hi, I'm Mark Lang with the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors and co-host of From Wall Street to Main Street here on WTBQ. We deal with these questions every day, and a lot goes into making the right decision. We'd like to help you to make the best decision you can. We've got two fantastic pieces that'll help to give you some clarity in this area. The first is the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security, and the second is our 2014 Social Security and Medicare Guide. So if you or someone you love is within a couple of years of retirement, I encourage you to call our office and get these free guides, 981-7300. Oh yeah, let us know if you'd like to be on our list to attend our next workshop on Social Security planning. Oh, what's wrong, Sue? Ruth, this headache is making me crazy. You've been getting them a lot lately. I have. They're probably just sinus headaches. You could be having migraines. My sister was having terrible headaches, too. She finally was diagnosed with migraines and was prescribed a medication for them. There are lots of treatment options. Really? Absolutely. Go see your doctor again and ask about migraine. I'll make an appointment today. Migraine. The pain is real. So is the treatment. Get diagnosed. For more information, call one 888-NHF-5552 or visit headaches.org. Are you tired of receiving little to no interest on your savings accounts? 
Hi, I'm Mark Lang with the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors. And five years ago during the financial crisis, the Federal Reserve Bank lowered interest rates to almost zero, and they may stay low for years to come. You work hard for your money, and it should work just as hard for you. Our new Search for Income report has our best ideas on how to get a higher yield on your savings and investment accounts. To get your complimentary copy, call us at the office, 981-7300. Hi, this is Dr. Nick Belasco, host of the St. Anthony Community Hospital Roundtable, heard every second Wednesday of the month at 8 a.m. Tune in to hear about the latest in health news from me and my guests here on WTBQ. WTBQ. Welcome back. You're listening to From Wall Street to Main Street. I'm Ken Ford, president of Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, and I have Austin... The boys with me. How's and, it going? And we're talking estate planning, and we actually had a caller calling during the break, and they had a question for Austin. And Austin, they asked if if there was a this was a lady that called in that has a boyfriend, and the boyfriend does not have a will, mm-hmm. and she's a little worried that if if he passes on, he doesn't put any of these documents in place that we've been talking about, specifically a will. What rights does she have? And I think she has. Um, the boyfriend has a family member. Uh, I think it's a couple sisters, brothers. What happens at the end? What legal rights does she have over his assets? Uh, virtually none. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a situation where she would have to be named in the document. If there's absolutely no relation, then she's just not included. Uh, in, in New York, we do not have common law marriage, which might be kind of worth. I thought it was going. if you're dating a girl for eight to ten years, they don't have that. Not in New York. I'd have to research. Um, I'd have to check back into whether they have it in New Jersey, because I know we have a lot of New Jersey listeners as well. Um, but New York, definitely not. So, so it's just their the legal term, I think, is SOL. SOL. <laughs> if you do not get your boyfriend to put you in the will, if you do not, I guess, go in front of uh, some type of religious to get married or justice well, doesn't even peace have to be real. Right, any kind any, of legal marriage. Yeah. Some type of legal marriage, you are not going to get a dime. Right. And, uh, well, you're not going to... Definitely get a dime. You can try to fight it, but... Then whatever it is, the Mm ex-spouse might have some legal rights to the assets, right? The ex-spouse? Probably not. Once you have a divorce, you're gone. So brothers and sisters and cousins, what would be the hierarchy of that? Uh, Brothers and sisters come first, um, then nieces and nephews. And then, you know, I think cousins get into it. I mean, that's the kind of thing where... I know it's lineal descendants, so it's, you know, spouse first, then then children, then parents, then brothers and sisters, then nieces and nephews, and then you branch out from there. So I can see a pretty big fight happening if there is any size estate here. And even, you know, $10,000 is a lot of money to some people. So if there's a $10,000 yeah. bank account and you got 10 people, they're going to be fighting over $10,000. I've seen some of the most vicious fights over some of the relatively least amount of money. It's, it's, it's more of a psychological thing than a financial decision. Trust me. Well, Wow. So let's yep. let's just talk about, you know, let's put this in a language you can understand. Why don't we not talk about, I guess, the textbooks and let's get into some real life examples of maybe some problems that you've solved, the problems that you see. So some people don't fall into the same traps. And, you know, I've done a show. There's something when you're when you come up on a retirement age and you have these retirement accounts and you turn 70 and a half, there's something called a required mandatory distribution. Mm-hmm. And I was dealing with a client that came in my office and basically said, okay, I've been getting these papers from my investment companies for 10 years. 
I said, yeah, you're supposed to be taking RMDs. How many do you take? She goes, none. <laughs> I said, what? You, you're got, you got a piece of paper here that says that you're supposed to be taking out X amount of dollars out of your 403B every single year since 70 and a half. You haven't taken out any. I counted them up. There was about uh, three, $400,000 that she was supposed to be taking out. Right. I said, the penalty is about 50% of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it actually is 50% of that, plus taxes and late fees and everything else. I said, you're dealing with somewhere around the hundred fifty dollars to $200,000 if they catch you. Right. She fell off her seat and wanted to leave the office and just cry yeah sometimes i've I've had penalties you know the couple cases i've had where there have been late tax paid um i've had penalties waived because we've shown the uh whether it's the state department of tax or the irs um that it was a, a sort of a good faith um failure to do so um that's that'll fly more with the state maybe than with the irs but yeah i mean and if you're not paying your taxes then they're not going to have a lot of sympathy for you. There's not a lot of leniency to you. <clears throat> right. And and that just underscores the, the necessity to, at some point, just periodically be in touch with someone, you know, financial professional. Come clean. About what you're doing, just, just so you know you're not hitting any of these pitfalls. Yep. Yep. So getting back to... You know, I've I've heard the story about you know all these famous people like the Elvis estate. Elvis mm-hmm. never did any estate planning. I don't think John D. Rockefeller ever did any estate planning. There was a list of them. <laughs> right. Obviously, you've seen them in the textbooks of these multi multi million dollar estates. Right. Upwards of maybe a billion when you're dealing with Rockefeller that never did any estate documents. What is the disaster? Du jour, the disaster for your career, well, so to speak. Let's talk about one that's less than mil- millions. I had a case that went for about three years when I was litigating, um, and it was as simple as it, there was a you know maybe a million or so in it, but there were seven kids, so the amount they were getting was just a couple hundred thousand dollars each. Um, the the attorney that did the plan, not me for the record, <laughs> did not have an adequate discussion with his client about the relationships between the children. Turns out the person, the two, the two children he named as executors, did not get along with any of the other children, and in fact were very, um, I'll say, like tyrannical with with their administration of the estate. They weren't considering everybody else. There wasn't enough of a focus on uh, the uh, on the personalities involved. There was actually too much of a focus, perhaps, on the money and the legalese part right. of it, and not enough focus on on what kind of people are we dealing with. So litigation ensued that lasted for three years, cost tons and tons of attorney's fees, and was based really on failure to consider real-life scenarios like personalities. So what's the solution? You've got to be very aware of who you're going to have as your executor, your trustee, if you want to yeah. get into that. Uh, the way I put it is I may be the expert or the um, professional as far as the law and the options, the strategies are concerned, yep. but the client, they're the professional, they're the expert on themselves and their family, and I need to know just as much about that as I do about the, the legal options. If I don't know what kind of um, shape peg you know I'm dealing with, I don't know what shape hole to fit it through. So if there's our listeners out there, they have not done some basics. And one thing's coming to my mind that everybody forgets to do is name guardians. Right. right? For their minor children. Yep. So what you're really going to name the guardian in your will, right? That's the document that you're going to name a guardian. In. So it absolutely should. Yeah. I have two children, four and five. My daughter, Ellie, just started Sanfordville School two days ago. If I didn't name a guardian for my two children, so it's me and my wife. We didn't name anybody. I obviously have parents, her parents. I have brothers. She has brothers. What's the process if you don't do that? 
If you don't name a guardian... I don't name anybody. I don't do a will. And now I have two children. Basically, someone has to petition the court after... after, Obviously, you and your wife would both have to be deceased at this point. Um, We had a car accident. We're gone. Yeah. Someone would have to petition the court to become their guardian. And that's, in a sense, more of a family law matter than an estate law matter. But it's... Yeah. It it involves a court process um, that is not clear and that people can fight over. The average person that I run across that's in the age of 30 to 45 never does it. Yeah. You know, they don't think about wills to their 50. They think, oh, it's rich. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do any of this stuff. I, I have one of my best friends lives right here in Warwick. I told her a couple of years ago, she's got two two minor kids and a third on the way, as a matter of fact, recently. Um, and I, I said, look, you know, I'm not trying to get any business out of you, but you really got to do something. You got to put your wills in place. And I said to her, look, do you want your, your mother-in-law to be taking care of your kids? She said, no, 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 I don't. So that's kind of the thing you can run into. So, so let's talk about how easy this is. Obviously... You have an office. It's uh, bordering on Goshen and Chester, right? It's, the address is Goshen? No. So our, we have an office in Goshen on Matthew Street, uh, sort of right next to where the government buildings are now. Right, the, office 17. But we have a location in Warwick as well at 21 Oakland Avenue. So on 21 Oakland, how mm-hmm. easy is this? Someone that's listening there, give them your phone number. Uh, two, uh, 988-1515. They call Austin up. I have an appointment. They come in. I think you give a free consultation. Well, uh, we have uh, free workshops for the public. Yeah, and so, we're actually having one in Warwick. I believe the date is October 9th. October again, 9th in the in the in Warwick, Warwick. Yep, on Oakland. And, but Avenue. again, call nine eight eight one five one five, and we confirm up that date. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's October. 9th. So they get it. They'll get a kind of a gist of what estate planning is when they go to the workshop. It's a soup to nuts kind of explanation. Then yeah. they'll sit down, and you're just going to basically say, "Okay, what is." the structure of your estate how many brothers sisters cousins nieces nephews what assets do you have who do you want Mm -hmm. to leave it to how easy is this to do because there's a lot of procrastinators out there so just tell people how easy this is to get done if you're procrastinating this it's as easy as having a conversation with me and uh (laughs) i haven't had people complain yet although maybe they're uh just not saying it to my face but really we get in there and we we have a discussion i try to you know we, we try to have a good time because i like having a good time just as much as the next person so i'm not having people in there and just being super serious the whole time. Um, I understand, you know, we're all people and I want to get to know my clients. That's the interesting part of my job. I like the nerd stuff. I like the strategy. I like the money, the, the law stuff. But what makes my job fun and interesting is finding out about people. So you get to come in, you get to tell me about yourself, we get to talk about you and what you want. And 99 times out of 100, I'm telling you a solution that for what you want that you didn't know existed. Yeah. You have a house. You don't know if you're going to be incapacitated someday. You don't want to lose that house, and mm-hmm. you want to give it to your family members. You don't want to give it to the state. Obviously, you could set up the, the, the trust to put the house into trust. Not a lot of people understand <clears throat> that. If you're listening, Austin and his partner, Rich, could get this done. Uh, compensation, normally, you know, you, when I'm dealing with a lawyer, it's per hour, but I think you're, you have always a, a flat fee. You're always flat fee for the job. So, so you know upfront what you're going to be cost, what you're going to be investing, and you don't, um, and there's never any gotcha kind of. So at the first consultation, these are the things that we're going to put in place for you. Mm-hmm. Here's the cost. There is no, you know, I got you, you know, I put an extra 10, 20 hours worth of work in here. Exactly. And, you know, I'd say. Seven times out of ten, I'm going to know what the entire things, the investment's going to be up front. With the real high net worth clients, they're the ones where you know it's an investment up front, and then I tell them, look, you know, as we maintain this plan, as we go forward, there may be additional things I recommend, but it's nothing that you know I wouldn't tell them about beforehand anyway. Well, you've been listening to from Wall Street to Main Street with Austin Du Bois from Bloomstein, Shapiro, Rich, and Barone. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Governor. 
securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.